0: Man, that ball got out of here in a hurry. Just a bit outside. You know, anything travels that far, out would have a damn stewardess on it, don't you think?
1: It's time for Powell at the Park.
0: one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Cubs,
1: Sox, all your Chicago baseball news.
0: Dynamite drop in money. Here's your host,
1: Kevin Powell. Play ball! This is episode number 23 of the Powell at the Park podcast. Welcome back, and I am Kevin Powell. A little little bit of a hiatus here for the podcast, but things starting to pick back up in Major League Baseball. The general manager's meeting's underway in California, and some Harper rumors going on nationally and locally. Uh, Harper linked to the White Sox all of a sudden. Uh, It still seems like a long shot, but... uh, uh, still still kind of fun to think about and talk about. And there was uh, plenty of talk about Harper to the Sox this week. And uh, some rumors that Harper's jersey was seen on the Michael Jordan statue. And on the video ribbon board inside the United Center atrium. So some stuff to get to there. But it's an all-NBC Sports Chicago podcast. My guys, Vinny Duber covers the Sox. For NBC Sports Chicago, he'll join me as well as Tony Andracki, who covers the Cubs for them. Both are out in Carlsbad, California. Let's get to it right now on the Powell at the Park podcast, episode number 23. We now welcome in our all-NBC Sports Chicago panel, Tony Andracki, Vinnie Duber out in Southern California. The very, very just brutal task of having to go to Southern California to uh, cover the general manager's meeting. Thanks for joining me, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no problem. I mean, it is amazing out here. I hear it's snowing uh, back home. We're about to snow. So, we're we're never coming back. We're staying out here
1: forever. That is a good call. Uh, describe the scene out in Carlsbad both of you. I know it's like 70 and sunny. I was looking at the uh, I was looking at the forecast and it looked absolutely gorgeous. What's it been like this past week at the general managers meeting?
0: It's been swell. The sun is shining, the ocean breeze is blowing. Uh, And uh, the White Sox are uh, being involved in some numerous uh, rumors uh, involving some of the best players in baseball. So you can't complain about any of that, really, can you?
1: Yeah, I know. So so Bryce Harper's name pops up earlier this week that the White Sox have interest in Harper. Machado. um, It's looking like the Cubs are not even going to be a factor with either one of them. And actually, the Yankees seem to be out, and so do the Dodgers. So, at least on Harper, that could potentially drive his his price down a little bit. But um, here locally, uh, as we record this on a Thursday, Thursday morning, all these um, pictures pop up of the video ribbon banner inside the United Center atrium of, and it says Bryce Harper, number 34, and then there's a White Sox logo, and similar to, similar to what you would see at Sox Park, like if he were coming up to bat or something like that. And then Michael Kopech posts this Instagram um, uh, post about, uh, you know, the number 34. I guess, what are both of you hearing the latest from from Carlsbad about Bryce Harper and some of the rumors that are circulating?
0: Well, I think the big one uh, yesterday was uh, USC Today's Bob Nightingale wrote uh, a really kind of forceful piece saying that, you know, it sure as heck looks like uh, Bryce Harper's going to the Phillies. Uh, you know, he, he kind of went through the candidates and said, you know, the Cubs have their financial situation, the Dodgers might not be interested, the Yankees are perhaps a better fit for Manny Machado, uh, you know, the Nationals reportedly already had their offer turned down to Bryce Harper, uh, so it's kind of, you know, taken out some of these these big high profile teams and leaving maybe one standing Uh, as for the White Sox, they weren't mentioned in that, uh, in that story from Nightingale. But uh, I think it's pretty interesting to see that, you know, even if they're not going to end up getting Bryce Harper because, you know, they can't pitch, the ability to win a championship right now. They have to pitch you know, planned success with all their prospects. They at least seem ready or are willing at the very least uh, to, to enter this kind of uh, bidding war and, and to spend some money to uh, improve their team.
1: And Tony, we could pretty much rule out H- Harper to the Cubs, correct?
2: I don't know about that. I mean, yeah, in a sense, you can. And if you follow exactly what, you know, Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer have been saying, like, okay, yeah, it doesn't sound at all like they're going to sign Bryce Harper. But, I mean, Scott Boris even said it yesterday as well that, you know, it's no team right now wants to show their hand and say, yeah, we're definitely in on Bryce Harper because there's no motivation for doing that there's no benefit for doing that so um you know right now it, it seems like uh there's a, all these other teams that Vinny just mentioned dodgers yankees you know whoever else it seemed like okay yeah they're not in on harper but i mean in reality all these teams are in on harper until they're out so if that means that the they you know each team has their own threshold of whether it's you know no opt-outs or four hundred million dollars or you know whatever three hundred twenty five million dollars is too rich for the yankees to be involved or whatever it is um, You know, I think they're all in until it gets to that point, and I don't think we're still so early on. I don't think it's gotten to that point with any team. So I won't say the Cubs are out, um, but it does seem unlikely given all the the financial issues they have at the moment and in the 2019
1: season. There was that report that Harper turned down a $300 million 10-year offer from the Nationals, and, you know, for common fans or people who maybe don't follow this all that closely, everyone's like, Wait, what a minute? He, 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 wait a minute, he turned down $300 million? And I'm like, look, it, when you can enter the prime of your career and enter free agency in your prime, I mean, that doesn't happen. W- what do you guys realistically think Harper is going to get here with this market?
2: Well, I think he, he could absolutely get $300 million or even more. Um, I think the two main takeaways or three, I guess, takeaways from that contract with the Nationals is, you know, one, it was the last week of the season, the regular season. He wanted to hit the open market and at least see what's out there. Um, two, it included no opt-outs. So, uh, that's huge. Uh, that's kind of all the rage today. Everybody's getting opt-outs in their contract. Uh, Jason Hayward, Clayton Kershaw, David Price, you know, all of the all of the big contracts have opt-outs. And then kind of the third one is, you know, maybe he just doesn't want to be in Washington anymore. Maybe he wants to be elsewhere. So, you know, whether it's $300 million Dollars or whatever else, if he wants to join a big market and a team that potentially uh, can have some postseason success over the next few years, then maybe Washington is not the place he wants to be. So it really wouldn't have mattered how much they would have offered him.
1: Yeah, Vinny, if you think the Sox are going to sign Harper, look, I think you can. Even if the Sox match the largest money offer that Harper gets, they still have to look. It's it's, it's still a Cubs town. It's it's st- the Sox aren't the Cubs, but. What do the Sox, you think, have to do here if they realistically want a shot at Harper?
0: I think they just need to convince him that the rebuilding plans that they've laid are going to bear the fruit that they expect it to bear. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they have some of the best prospects in baseball. They have a lot of them. Uh, and they have a ton of financial flexibility to do really whatever they want on the open market when the time is right. Uh, I think... There's a lot of mystery, perhaps, with the White Sox and that you don't know how these prospects are going to pan out. You don't know if they're going to pan out. and You don't know at what position they're going to have needs three years down the road. That being said, Rick Hahn has talked about the potential of a, of a big addition this winter being opportunistic and saying that, hey, if we're going to sign a guy to a long-term contract, it's going to be for the long term. We're not signing a guy just because we think we're going to be able to you know, make a surprise playoff run in 2019. It's about the championships that we expect to to win down the road. And if Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams and Jerry Reinsdorf and Ricky Renneria can convince Bryce Harper or Manny Machado or whoever of that vision... Right. then I think they've got as good a shot as anybody. The problem is there's a lot of teams out there that are also going to be looking to spend a lot of money, and there's a lot of teams out there with rosters built right now that can win multiple championships. So they've got a lot they got some high hurdles to clear here, right. uh, but their main selling point is going to be what they've got going on in the minor leagues. And if you've been paying attention, it looks like the future is very bright.
1: Yes. What are you guys hearing about Machado? Because it's been all Harper talk this week, but what about Manny Machado?
2: Yeah, hardly anything, really. I mean, because of, uh, like you just said, uh, Bryce Harper and, you know, Boris represents Harper, and Boris had an hour-plus-long uh, session with the media on Wednesday. So it kind of makes sense that it's more Harper. Um, but Boris did make sure to get a uh, Manny Machado dig, in they're saying that Harper got hurt in 2017, um, hustling down the first baseline. So, uh, you know, that that's... Uh, there was the main uh, Machado reference, I guess we've gotten recently here, but it, uh, you're right. So much of the talk has been about Bryce Harper right now.
1: Vinny, have you heard anything about Machado? Where do you think, where do you, who do you think the favorite right now is for Manny Machado? I mean,
0: in my opinion, it's got to be the New York Yankees. Uh because you've heard for, for over a year now, I think, that Manny Machado perhaps has some interest in going to the Bronx, uh, but also they've got uh, their shortstop, Didi Gregorius, who's a very good player, uh, is going to be injured for you know, the first few months of the season, uh, which are going to be very important for the Yankees if they want to pile up the wins, to beat out the Red Sox in the AL East, the easy way to do that, spend a bunch of money on Manny Machado, stick him at shortstop, and uh, and, and and put him in a lineup that already has Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, Miguel Andahar, Glaber Torres, a lot of guys uh, who are going to be able to be one of the most fearsome lineups in the American League. You throw Manny Machado into that, and the Yankees could very well be the favorite to win the World Series going into 2019.
1: See, this is another factor into the White Sox rebuild, that even if everything goes according to plan, you're entering a, a stretch here where the Red Sox and Yankees are absolutely loaded as are the Astros so I love that the White Sox are being aggressive or at least appear to be aggressive if if you're going to win a World Series even if all your prospects pan out even if Eloy and Luis and and Kopech and Cease and all these guys turn out to be great and even if Mokata turns out to be great you still got to get past Boston and New York this is a very difficult time to be an American League team
0: yeah, it is. But, uh, you know, I mean, you look at their division, right? And, and, and you've true. really got one good team in that division, uh, the Cleveland Indians. And, and who knows what their long term fortunes are with the current roster that they have constructed. Rick Hahn was actually asked about this yesterday. Do you care what your division looks like when you get to the point where you're fielding that championship contender that you have planned for? Uh, and he said, listen, we plan to have a team that's capable of beating all those teams when they're good. You know the the majority of the American League Central is not good right now, and obviously they'll take uh, an easier path to the playoffs. But they're confident enough in the guys that they've got in that farm system, and the guys that they don't know who they're going to be, but the guys who they're going to eventually end up adding to this team uh, when the time comes. That They can beat anybody, and so I think you look around the American League, yeah, you see the Astros, you see the Red Sox, you see the Yankees. We don't know if those three teams are going to be as elite as they are two, three years from now when the White Sox are are reaching that pinnacle of their rebuild, Uh, and I think the White Sox don't really care because I think they think that their team is going to be able to beat any team.
1: All right, let's stick with the Sox here for a second, Vinny, since we're on the American League. Um, If they do miss out on Harper and even Machado and the two big fish, what's next for them? We've heard about Hap, uh, Patrick Corbin, maybe even James Shields comes back. What, What do you think is like the second tier for the White Sox outside the two big fish?
0: Yeah, well, I'll say this. I don't think they really need a big fish right now. I think they're going to be opportunistic, and I think they're going to, uh, you know, if they get the opportunity to add somebody the caliber of Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, they're going to take advantage of it. Uh, but at the same time, there's a lot of player development that still needs to go on with this team. There's a lot of other acquisitions. You get Bryce Harper, you get Manny Machado, that's not going to fix a pitching staff, a, a rotation that led baseball in walks la- last year, or a bullpen that ranked near the bottom in ERA. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, they've got, they've, got specific starting pitching needs that they have because they got two holes in that rotation right now I, and i think you could see a wide array of moves i mean they've created so much flexibility that they can really do anything if they just sign a couple of one-year fill-ins for the for the rotation and a few uh veteran ads in the bullpen that they might want to flip at the deadline and the next year ends up looking a lot like last year that still fits in their rebuilding plan. But if they get an opportunity to land somebody big for a long term contract that can help them when they make that transition from rebuilding to contending, they're going to do that too. So I know there's not specific names, and I apologize for that, uh, but I think that they have so many options that you really can't take anything off the table.
1: Right. Let me just throw a name real quick uh, out to you, Vinny, because I've sort of been on, I've just sort of been throwing this name out really all season because he was staring down free agency, and I just figured he makes sense to this team because he can play any position. He's been around a championship team, and right now where the Sox are, look, there were some nights, Vinny, when we were out there and you were like, how are they even going to field a team right now? This is a guy you can plug in. He didn't have the greatest of years, but he's a veteran guy. I think he's 29, will be 30 by the time the season starts. I don't know what the market is for him, but Marwin Gonzalez for the Astros is just a guy who sort of stands out to me where in a a time for the White Sox where you're in this transition of kind of moving guys around and developing guys and really not there's only a a few guys who have locked down Positions. This is a guy you could throw around the field and then even in a year or two when you're when you're ready to contend, he's still a guy you could keep around.
0: Yeah, I love it. Uh, I've I've written about him a couple times already this offseason. Yeah, I, I think he makes perfect sense for the White Sox, and I think he makes perfect sense for 29 other teams around baseball too. Uh, that versatility <laughs> yeah. is so that versatility is so valuable. Uh, and and you brought it up there, and I think the main point for the White from the White Sox perspective is if you don't necessarily know because all these guys still have to go through their development in the minor leagues, if you don't necessarily know where the holes on your team is are going to be in a year or two years or three years, why not get a guy who can plug in. to almost all of them. If you need a third baseman, then he's your everyday third baseman. If you need a right fielder, then he's your everyday right fielder. uh, And I can name seven, six or seven other positions around the diamond. I mean, the guy is uh, extremely versatile, extremely valuable to any team, and even if those offensive numbers took a dip last season, just the ability to put him at so many different spots on in your lineup, uh, that would be incredible for the White Sox, and like I said, I think it would be incredible for everybody else around baseball, too.
1: Yeah, he almost fits that Ben Zobers role in some ways, and who knows? I mean, he could even make sense for the Cubs as well, depending on what they decide to do, and Tony, what, what are you anticipating f- from the Cubs, because it doesn't sound – I know we already addressed the Harper stuff, but it doesn't seem like they're going to be spending a ton of money considering where they're at and the luxury tax factored into it. Um, and there's some question marks here because Theo – look, they don't commit to Jim Hickey. Um, they move on from their hitting coach. They don't give Madden a contract extension or even discuss it, which I was just completely – I was fine with it. Um which direction do you think the Cubs go with here? Do you think they make some sort of trade, maybe maybe combining the Almoras and Habs or Schwarbers? Although I don't know if that would be the best decision, considering guys like Schwarber and Habs probably have never had less trade value. Um, I guess, how do you see this offseason playing out for them in general? Do you see them spending money? Do you see them trading? What? what how do you think this is going to play out?
2: You know, I think trades are, are the most... Uh... It's the most likely avenue that they're going to go down it. Both Theo and Jed have talked about it a few times here at the GM meetings. I mean, most of what they're doing, and they've admitted it, that they're talking more to GMs right now about potential trades than to agents about Potential free agent signings, and and it just seems most likely. I mean, they they have plenty of trade assets, uh, and if if they want to kind of supplement the bullpen, why get in a bidding war for you know and hand out a seventy million dollar contract to Craig Kimbrell or you know to whatever with Andrew Miller, uh, you know, and his multi year deal with a guy that's going to be thirty four, thirty five, and has some health issues. Um, You know, why kind of do that and get in a bidding war when you can trade one of? That maybe surplus guys that they have, uh, depending on how you look at it, and and get like a high impact reliever that you know maybe is still under team control for another two or three years. So I think that's more likely. Um, and really, if anything, offensively, you know, Theo was saying that they could do many different things. Like, yeah, does it make sense always to to trade a hitter for a hitter? Like, probably not. But. You look at it different ways. I mean, if the Cubs have a bunch of sluggers who strike out a decent amount and don't hit for a high average, um, they can certainly trade for a guy with more speed, with more on base, you know, maybe a lefty instead of a righty, or a righty instead of a lefty, or um, as Theo said, a guy with more control. Than, than some of these other guys who are just a couple years away from free agency, which really happened fast. All of a sudden it's you know three years and Javi and Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo are free agents. Um, but yeah, I think the trade market is more likely what we're going to see from the Cubs' perspective over the next two, three months here.
1: You think Addison Russell will be a Cub next year?
2: I do, and I would not have said that a week ago. Um, I, just listening to the, the tenor around what Theo has said and what Scott Boris has said, uh, Boris being Russell's agent, so that he fully expects, uh, and he hasn't heard otherwise, that Russell would not be with the Cubs. And and Theo was really honest and um, open about the fact that, you know, the, the Cubs need to improve where they handle the domestic violence issues or just in general how they provide support for a player's families. Um, And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to learn from the situation. They're trying to move on. And they feel a personal responsibility to not just cast Russell aside and say, hey, this is society's problem or this is somebody else's problem. They, They don't know if you know, like He wouldn't have the backing of a team or, or the support or, or whatever, really, if all of a sudden he's a free agent and no other team picks him up because he's suspended for the first month of the next year and there's all this other baggage mm-hmm. and so on. So I think the Cubs are taking a personal responsibility in trying to help Addison Russell and support him right now while also trying to learn from the situation and hope that this never happens again. Even though that's out of their control, the hope is that this never happens again. Um, so I think because of all that, assuming Addison Russell continues, to go through his therapy and, and the rehab that you know is mandated by the league and, and everything that the Cubs ask him to do, I actually could see a, a uh, return from Addison Russell next year.
1: Yeah, we'll see. It's interesting though the way they've been talking about it. And mm-hmm. I you know I, I believe them that they do want to address domestic violence differently and make some sort of impact, but. You can never rule out the fact that maybe they're fluffing up a guy to potentially find some trade value for him, but we'll see. I think I do at least appreciate the Cubs trying to think outside the box when it comes to um, you know approaching this sort of thing in sports. Um,
2: all right, point. Well, yeah, and I, 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 it's tough to see them trading him because what other team could possibly justify trading for him at this point? You know, with well, we've seen with everything before. that's coming around, the fact that
1: we've seen teams what? trade for guys that are that are. You know all involved with something like this before in baseball,
2: yeah that's very true and and it's just it's different because of the the fact that it's recent um and so recent i mean it would be a really tough pr sell for any of these teams to to give up an asset at this point for a guy that's going to be suspended next year and you know really hasn't even been that good of a player like if you just look at it from a baseball sense he hasn't been very good but obviously there's the off the field issue as well that would be a it'd be a really tough sell for any of the other 29 teams to to try to pitch to their fan base especially their female fan base with russell
1: all right, boys. Appreciate you jumping on from Carlsbad, California. Any juicy stories around the general managers' meetings? Any karaoke for Vinny? Any any, any good stories you got for me around the uh, the bar scene in Carlsbad? You boys behave yeah, for the God, most part. Not karaoke, yeah, um, but I just, he did get
2: a haircut while he's out here, so that's
1: cool.
0: Who got a, Vinny got a haircut? I don't know if that's really that juicy, is it the haircut situation? <laughs> I'm not quite
1: sure. Well, I appreciate you boys. Went to the beach. Oh. Went to the beach. How about that? There you go. I like that. That's wild. Uh, when are you guys coming back? You flying tomorrow?
2: No, flying tonight, Thursday night on the the red eye, basically.
1: Oh wow! All right, you might be getting out at O'Hare to some snowflakes uh, falling. So, uh, oh man,
0: yeah, enjoy it while Forget you. Forget about it. Forget about yeah. it. I'm flying back. Uh, you know when I'm. I'm going to be fifty something. That's what I'm planning on. I'll be happy to see the White Sox when they come down to play the Angels, and uh, you know, yeah, that's that's what we're looking at right now.
1: A little interleague with the Padres. Okay, boys, appreciate you (laughs) jumping on. Tony Andracki, Vinny Duber, read their stuff at NBC Sports Chicago. Tony, uh, uh, plug your Twitter, and then Vinny, uh, feel free to plug away too. If you guys got anything else you want to plug, stories, uh, blogs, whatever you got.
2: Sure. Yeah, my Twitter is Tony twenty three. There you go. That's all Tony's plugging. I'll plug my Twitter at Vinnie Duber. It's very easy to
0: remember. And you can go to uh, NBC Sports Chicago's White Sox page and, and read all about the White Sox and uh, Bryce Harper and, and everything that's going on this off season.
1: Beautiful. You guys do a great job covering the Chicago baseball scene. Appreciate you jumping on the podcast. And uh, I'll see you soon. You guys got me hyped for in the middle of football season here, but I'm getting hyped for baseball. And uh, spring training's uh, right around the corner. I'll see you guys soon, all right? All right, that's going to do it. Powell at the Park podcast, episode number 23. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to Vinnie Duber and Tony Andraki giving us the latest from the general manager's meetings out in Southern California. Uh, Please subscribe, review, and rate on iTunes. And again, thank you very much for listening. Have a great day. Follow me on Twitter at KPowell720. Thanks for listening.